Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Fireside Football. I'm your host, Joe Habercast, and today we're going to be talking about FC Cincinnati has officially been eliminated from MLS Audi Cup contention. Um, I think uh, anybody could have told you that we really would have been lucky if we got into the playoffs, but I think um, I think some of the fans, and myself included, were... Um, a little disappointed with how things went, especially considering how well we got off. Um, took uh, two games really rather quickly than I think most people would expect us to win. Um, with the win against the Timbers in our third game in MLS, and then the followed by the back-to-back um, or the back-to-back wins uh, uh, with New England two 0 um, which was also the last time that FC Cincinnati's club kept a clean sheet this season which is a long time ago. It was March 24th. <laughs> so um, defense has been the Achilles heel for this team for the entirety of its MLS career. And it's just something that I think a lot of people would have said that that would have been our strength coming in. Uh, I think coming into the MLS season, we signed like eight defensive midfielders. So I guess we would have figured that at least one of them would have been decent. Um, evidently you can't be right all the time, or in this case, one out of eight times. <laughs> um, so I guess the, the topics that I want to touch on today is how much work do we need to put in, uh, from the front office perspective, uh, to get us to a point where we're at least competitive in games, because, um, I mean, we've scored goals in what, the past six, seven matches, which is great, but we've given up you know, more than three goals four times in the last five games. So it's just, it's not conducive to winning uh, and getting points in the, in a, in a, in a league that, I mean, frankly is a huge step up from the USL. Um, Granted, I think that our USL team was better uh, than our MLS team now, but I'll leave that for uh, a different time. Mostly, the only reason I say that is because I think that uh, confidence has a lot to do with soccer, and I think that because our form has been so atrocious that it's really you know, you're dealing with the extremes here. So um, definitely, the MLS team is better tactical and quality wise, but I think the USL team would have gave us a run for our money considering just how dominant we were then, and you know the chemistry was good, the confidence was high, it was just all things were clicking. So. Uh, so yeah, uh, I guess to, to kind of go off onto that, you know, who should we keep for next season? Um, when I was making my notes, I came up with a list of five players that I think are absolutely essential for next season, uh, and that was Leonardo Bertone, uh, Deplan, Cruz, Waston, and Teton. Um, those were the. I'm not saying that there aren't others that we should definitely keep, but those that I think are the top five for us. Deplan has been an absolute beacon of strength uh playing out of position for the first half of the season at left back and then once we got um a resemblance of left backs he was doing solid at right back um he's not perfect but when you you're in a team with such poor run of form uh it's you know it's to be expected that some things are going to happen and that was no exception to to plan so um i i want to keep him cruz i think has been our best has been our best midfielder uh I think he's really added a lot of uh, pep in our step, so to speak, in the attacking front. He scored, I think, twice now in the opening, practically the opening minute of uh, two games. I think it's the one uh, Chicago was the opening minute, and then what was the other game? Uh, 
New York, was it? No. Dallas, maybe? Either way, really early goal. is always a threat on the ball. Uh, he's got that attacking mindset. Uh, just knows where to be and was able to score those, uh, uh, those early goals twice in the season. He's also got several... Uh, other goals uh, throughout the season so I think that he's just been an absolute playmaker for us and I hope that we play him in position for once uh, as more of an attacking midfielder uh, rather than a, a central defensive minded midfielder um, so after him I'd Waston just because huh, we need somebody to headline our back line because it's been that awful um, hopefully with Vanderwerf and uh, Waston uh they get the offseason to gel together. We get some help um, with maybe a third central uh, central back to add competition. Um, a competent and healthy left back would be fantastic, and I think you're looking at a decent uh, back line. And then when you throw in Teton, Teton I think has made a lot of uh, really good reaction saves. Um, plus I think that if we want to play out of the back uh, like Ron Yan's, uh has shown in the last few games uh, with the press that we usually do. I think uh, Teton is the better choice of that. Spencer Ritchie has proven to be an absolutely serviceable backup, and he's made some really great saves and a lot of our early season success you can contribute to him, but I think Teton is our uh, undisputed number one and should be going into the next season. Um, but that was just my top five of essential personnel. Um, obviously, Vanderwerf, Frankie M.I., and Kakuta Mane would also – um, would kind of be like the first ones out um, or the first ones in in that situation uh, for my top five. Um, obviously, Emmanuel Ledesma, I don't think we'll have a problem keeping him. He's got five, uh, what, six goals now and five, four or five assists on the season. So um, I think for a USL guy to come up, that's, that's solid numbers and we should expect to keep him. The only problem is that his age – maybe getting up into a factor. The guy's ancient. He's 31 years old. You know, he's struggling to walk. I kid, of course. But, you know, this game, um, obviously, we would – it'd be different if he was a few years younger, right? If he was 26, 27, pulling up these kinds of numbers and doing what he's doing now, you know, he'd be, you know, sought after by a lot of teams in the MLS and maybe even uh, elsewhere. So, um, I think he – has enjoyed his time in Cincinnati, and I hope that he stays. And obviously, he's a crowd favorite. He's probably my favorite player on the team so far. But um, I left him off just because I, I think if there were were a scenario where we cut ties with him, it wouldn't be the end of the world. So going into the next topic, um, you know, what should we look? Who should we look to bring in? Uh, during the offseason, and I, I touched on this a little bit before, but I think that we need to have some more stability at the back. Um, Nick Haglin, I know that FC Cincinnati loves their hometown heroes with Austin Berry beforehand, before we left the USL, uh, and Nick Haglin now obviously in the team um, coming into its first ever um, season. I think it's great to have that, um, but it, you know, at, the, at a certain point I think um, we ever paid for him to a certain extent. And I just don't know if he's still got the MLS quality in him. Um, I think, uh, obviously, he had a poor run of form during the season. But, I mean, a lot of that could be attributed to having three different coaches, three different coaches throughout the season as well. Um, so, uh, I, I think he's – I don't think we should cut our losses with him. But I think that if the opportunity arises where we can get another cent decent central defender, then absolutely take the chance. Um 
left back, I'm not comfortable at all with Greg Garza and um, Andrew Gutman. But um, so I think if we can definitely get a different left back in that has some um, sustainability, I guess. Uh, Andrew Gutman's been, uh, I think he's been fine. Uh, there's been uh, he had one really really bad game against Columbus where he just got absolutely exposed on the right side um, multiple times, which led to two two of the three goals I believe. Just I would say it could attribute directly to his uh, his error, but um, yeah I, I don't know. Uh, Matthew Matthew Duplan I think has been our best fullback at the right side position and at the left back position so um i think that if we can get a solid left back uh alvis powell i think i see this is where the issue comes in because we've got justin hoy alvis powell um greg garza andrew gutman all guys that can play the left back position obviously justin hoy is probably more of a right back uh but i think that he's more of a bench depth player should be hopefully anyways he probably saw a lot more um, uh, minutes this season than he probably will ever see in the MLS again. So, um, I mean, great. Like, he stepped in, provided satisfactory, you know, performances, I would say. But we definitely need um, a more serviceable left back that we can rely on more uh, besides Andrew Gutman and Greg Garza, who's been injured for the majority of the season. So, um, going forward in the midfield um, – I like Victor Ewa. Um, I like uh, Leonardo Bertone. Caleb Stanko, uh, Stanko I think, has been um, less than ideal. Uh, I would rather see a Bertone Ulloa uh, midfield and then Alan Cruz uh, more as more of an attacking role. Um, but obviously, that's just me. Uh, Joe Zhao, uh, the new person that FC Cincinnati acquired. Um, I want to see more of him 100% his speed and pace has been absolutely blazing and I want to see us um, put that to use especially in this pressing system that we're um, trying to um, uh, implement uh, through the last part of the season then hopefully over the offseason into next season so um, Roland Lamar I I gotta be honest I don't see him um I mean, he hasn't really produced this season. I like him personally. I think he's um, he might not be the best player, but he's uh, he's shown that he has the hustle and the drive to to do well. And um, I think that'll be one of the things that whatever the new coach decides, I'd be on board with uh, and trust his decision making. Um, Fatai Alashe, I think, is just going to be another guy. Like I said before, that's going um, about uh, um, Hoyt that I think he's going to be more so a depth player and then for whatever reason if he hits a string of form and really impresses in practice and can put that uh, the same performances out on the pitch and uh, during the games and sure you know call him up um, but I definitely think that Bertone should uh, Bertone and Cruz and uh, and Ioa should be our uh, our midfield um, assuming that we don't bring in some world beater uh, number 10 um, and that's nothing to say I don't believe that Frankie Amaya can't be that number 10 but I think uh, I mean, he's still young. He's 18, going to be 19 probably sometime next season. Um, I, I'm all for playing the kids and giving them experience, but, you know, he hasn't he hasn't produced anything this season. Uh, he's got 
what, maybe one assist, no goals, playing a bunch of minutes. I'm not saying he doesn't have promise or that he's got a lot of potential, but um, he's going to be one of the, he's going to be one of those players that you play on a short week uh, or when he forces you to play him by having such a good run of form. So until he forces us to play him, then I think that we should go with Victor Cruz or Alan Cruz, excuse me. <laughs> um, been looking at too much fantasy football uh, the past week, uh, but but yeah. So and then coming into the forwards, <sighs> Fernando Adi. Obviously, probably the biggest disappointment of FC Cincinnati this season. Uh, the $2 million man only accounting for one goal uh, and as many DUIs this season. So, um, I know that he said on Twitter publicly that he uh, didn't view the situation as a cash grab or, or an easy holiday or, or, or a paycheck or whatever. But, you know, his actions haven't really said a whole lot more. Um He's got one goal in the Open Cup and one goal in the MLS against uh, Chicago, and then the other one was against uh, Loose City. So, I don't know. I mean, granted, he hasn't really played a whole lot this season. He's been injured for a good part of it. Um, he was maybe unlucky not to score a few times. There was one, uh, I remember, early in the season against Atlanta at, Una at Atlanta that he scored a header but was called offsides, which was pretty marginally offsides, if at all. So, um, I think – if we gave him another chance coming in with a clean state, I think that he would do better. It remains to be seen that if he'd be worth the, uh, the designated player status that we've had placed on him. But yeah. So, uh, Darren Maddox, um, these are one of those guys that I am just begging for somebody to play him on the wing. Um, I don't know if he has like a, uh, like a dislike for playing on the wing or, or really prefers to play a striker or whatever. I don't, I don't know the inner workings, obviously, but um, early in the offseason, I believe even in the first few games he played on the wings, and I think that's when we've seen the best of Darren Maddox. Um, he's obviously one of those guys that uh, he's going to use his pace more so than anything, and I think the reason that we don't want him playing at striker is because I don't believe that he's one of the more technically – gifted players on the team um so i think having him on the wings would be of a greater benefit than as a striker but um like i said before i, I don't know if uh, he's completely opposed to that or not but that's what i would do uh kakuta mane i would play a striker i think his pace to get in behind has been um you know one of the few things that have really saved us and he's proven this season uh getting getting a few goals on fast breaks um that he can put the ball in the back of the net um so um, I think I really like the pairing of him and Emmanuel Desma uh, up front. Um, so hopefully we will get to see more of that in the tail end of the season, and then hopefully some some more next season. Uh, Derek Etienne Jr., um, the player that we got on loan from the Red Bulls, I believe. Um, I haven't really seen a whole lot of him, um, and frankly, I'm not sure what I what I'm hoping. Uh, to see out of him I think uh, this is kind of one of those things where we got him on loan if we see something then great execute a buy clause if we have one and, and get him but I haven't seen anything too much from him so hard to say uh, from a player's standpoint of what we should do with him for Sean Dowley um, I think he's proven to be um, to have some potential he's a young player we got him in the expansion draft this is the past year kind of on the along with the same um uh, bucket, I'll say with Frankie Amaya. Although I think Rashawn Daly doesn't have quite as much potential as Frankie Amaya does, so 
It'll be interesting to see what Rashawn Daly does. I think he'll be uh, one of those players that will be a secondary striker uh, coming off the bench kind of deal, uh, kind of guy that we play in the in the Open Cup uh, on a on a short game week or, or 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 something like that. If we don't just loan him out to a USL side and wait for him to develop more uh, going into next season, so um, that's kind of the roster and uh, the way that I see it in my eyes. Um, Obviously, it would be great to have a star striker, whether that's Fernando Adi just coming back from the dead and um, recommitting himself to the club and putting goals in the back of the net, or we going out and opening our pocket uh, pocketbook and spending some cash on some uh, some proven goal scorers. So, um, yeah, that's that's what I want to see in the offseason. Um, I mean, these last five games that we have, uh, we play the Montreal Impact, Atlanta United, Chicago Fire, Orlando City, and D.C. United. I would say outside of Atlanta United, none of these guys are really that terrifying. Um, it's what, like four, four of them are outside of the playoff picture right now with uh, Montreal, Orlando City, and Chicago. Um, DC United's obviously middle of the pack in the Eastern Conference looking for um, uh, playoffs, and then Atlanta United is near the upper side looking to bring in uh, the first seed. Uh, so um, I would like to see <laughs> signs of life, frankly. I mean, draw some blood. A clean sheet in one of these next five games would be amazing and a win just because I want to know that it's still possible for FC Cincinnati to keep a clean sheet and not concede a goal. Um so, uh, I think that would be really cool. Um, obviously, playing against uh, uh, at DC won't be the best or easiest, I believe. Um, but we get Atlanta United at home, Chicago at home, Orlando at home. Three games um, throughout the middle of September, all within uh, 11 days of each other. So, uh, interesting um, kind of set of games that we have coming up. Um, I, I just want to be able to, I just want to see something that our team is improving. Uh, obviously the five, one thrumping against Toronto, the first 15 minutes, we looked solid. Um, and then just fell apart. Uh, I want to see more of the first 15 minutes, uh, throughout the rest of the season and then really kind of see where we can go from there, uh, uh into the off season. So that's, uh, that's all I got for the podcast today. FC Cincinnati, um, you know, trying times, desperate times uh, for the club. Obviously, it's their first career, uh, first career season in MLS, so um, probably not much more that we could have hoped for. Um, obviously, we could have hoped for more, but I think this kind of um, is the more realistic of expectations that we could have had. Obviously, we, um, we weren't going to be a really, really good team like LAFC or Atlanta United was when they first joined the league just because of uh, – well, I mean, they're different uh, markets, right? You know, Cincinnati is a mid-team uh, mid market, mid-city market, and L.A. is obviously one of the biggest, and Atlanta is also one of the biggest. So they're obviously going to have bigger pockets to be able to buy better players and the like. So um, FC Cincinnati, we just want to be able to get them to a point where they're competing for the for the playoffs. And outside of that, I'd say everything else is gravy. So, so that's all I got for you. Thanks. <laughs>